It is the OU Jewish Reaction Show. Happens Tuesdays at 9 a.m. Eastern Time, right after JM and the AM here at the Nachum Siegel Network. And as usual, the OU has provided a uh, an array of great guests for today. They have a habit of doing so. Um, uh, today, we get an opportunity to check out at JLIC. Uh, JLIC has been a uh, an amazing program on so many different college campuses throughout the U.S., uh, which has um, dedicated some wonderful couples and some great people to really enhancing Jewish life on campus for students in, uh, like I said, a variety of campuses around the United States. And today, during this hour, we're going to get an opportunity to uh, to tour around the country a little bit, to speak with some of the people who have uh, had this major role on some of the great campuses of the United States and have been doing wonderful work on behalf of the OU and really on behalf of the Jewish people. Rabbi David and Ariel Pardo are with us, O-U-J-L-I-C, at Brandeis University. That's right, Brandeis University. Uh, Rabbi David and Ariel Pardo, welcome to the Nachum Siegel Network. It's a pleasure to be here. Thanks for having us. Remind our audience what J-L-I-C stands for. Well, it stands for Jewish Learning Initiative on Campus. And how long have you been at Brandeis? We're here. This is our third year. Oh, boy. That would be considered veterans in this line of work, right? <laughs> that is pretty much, yeah. We're uh, <laughs> with battle scars and everything. Yeah, I can imagine. College campuses these days are not the most friendly environment. They are a challenging environment. Wouldn't you agree? Uh, different challenges present themselves in different ways. It's definitely true, and the uh, the landscape is always changing. And I know this is backwards the way I'm asking it because we have so much to explore before I really should ask this, but I'm curious. In the three years, have you seen major differences in that area? Have you seen, uh, you know, Jewish life on campus vis-a-vis Israel and vis-a-vis political and religious situations change a lot, or it's basically the same as when you got there? I think the biggest thing that changes, at least in our short three years, <laughs> has been the has been the students themselves. The population each year is a little bit different, and so that's you know that's the um, challenge to see. Um, the, so we try to cater to them, and so you know that's a, a challenge that each year and there's um, and there's you know there's different interests. Difference means quantity, quality, or both. Oh, only high quality. Only the highest quality. Yeah, I understand that. But what I mean by quality is, uh, I don't know, are they are 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 kids now, you know, of a different type, or are are those who you've met this year as opposed to three years ago exhibiting interest in a lot of different things than they did years ago? Like, what do you mean with that? By that? I mean, for me personally, it's something as simple. It could be something as simple as, okay, last year I taught a Parsha year, and this year, you know, there's not so much interest in Parsha. They want to learn other other things. So, um, you know, I have to go in and, and learn different different uh, texts. So the, di- so the dynamic, the makeup of the group is simply different. They have different interests exactly. and, right, they may pursue uh, different things. How do they find people like Rabbi David and Ariel Pardo? We have heard about the OU success, and as I've said during this segment and others, we've had an opportunity to talk about the success of JLIC, Jewish Learning Initiative, on campus, and there are a lot of great couples out there. How do they find you and convince you that this would be a good match for you to go to Brandeis? Well, I'll just say before we talk about ourselves that the how they find people, they, the national staff, are, are real crackerjacks, and the day they decide to go uh, to the private sector is going to be, A, a huge loss for the Jewish community, and B, uh, the, you know, the national staff is going to be rolling in the dough because they're, they're so good um, at, at recruitment and at placement, meaning finding uh, top-notch people and matching them to the exact perfect campus. My wife and I remember at our first conference playing, a, <laughs> playing the game, trying to match the couples to the campus, and it always worked. It was like, yeah, that, that guy's definitely a Princeton. You know, this one's definitely Brooklyn, and it, just, and it all it, it, it matched. And it was, and um, and everyone just really belongs to their campus in a a really surprising fit. Um, as for us, we uh, we <laughs> we have uh, OU tattoos, really. Um, <laughs> uh, Ari and I uh, met at UCLA uh, way back in the day. We both went to UCLA. We we're both very close to our JLIC couple then and now, the Kaplans. Uh, Aria Kaplan did our wedding. 
our Masada Kadusha. Um, so we've uh, we've actually been in the pipeline for a very long time. I remember in uh, 2004, Rabbi Ilan Haber visiting uh, the Kaplan's in the first uh, quarter uh, uh, and interviewing students. So he's you know known me since I was a freshman, and then when um, we were living in Israel and I was in Gross Kolel and Ari was learning. Um, they they came to they came to the, the Gross complex to uh, to talk about JLIC and to interview. And uh, I remember we weren't even ready to had we weren't leaving Smith yet, but <laughs> it was just like we just want to let you know that we're very interested. <laughs> <laughs> so that's how they found us. We just we've been here a long time. Interesting. I don't even know how how long the the entire program exists. Did you have predecessors at Brandeis? Brandeis is the uh, one of the first two campuses. Brandeis and Yale uh, were started in, in 2000, I believe, maybe 1999. Wow. So, uh, you know, at this point, quite some uh, quite some history. It's a Nachum Siegel Network OU Jewish Reaction Show Tuesdays right after JM and the AM on the Nachum Siegel Network, or by David and Ariel Pardo, the OU JLIC at Brandeis University. We have spoken a lot about JLIC, Jewish Learning Initiative on campus. They do quite a job. Uh, look, there there are a lot of campus organizations. Uh, we, there are religious organizations. There are political organizations. Uh, there are some classic Jewish organizations that might appeal across the board in more ways than the others to, you know, all types of Jews, so to speak. Where does JLIC fall in all this? When you're at Brandeis, is there an intimidation with other Jewish groups? Is there great cooperation? How would you describe it? So I, I, I answered two parts of that question. One, in terms of other Jewish groups, we JLIC is positioned within Hillel. It's a partnership. It's a program of the OU in partnership with Hillel. So all of us work out of uh, out of our Hillel buildings, or or meaning we're all on staff. So the uh, you know the relationship with the other Jewish groups and the other denominational groups and the other. Uh, whatever it is, you know, Israel groups and social action groups, that, that's, that's built into the DNA of the program. Um, and as far as we fall out on the, on the map of programs and services that are being provided or not being provided, JLIC is the only, um, is the only group out there, uh, really on the college, on the American or North American college campus scene that is specifically for Orthodox Jews. Uh, in terms of building community, in terms of learning, um, sheer Tcharus education, um, we're the only group that whose mission statement is explicitly to uh, to grow and empower uh, Orthodox Jews on their you know on their four year plus or minus journey through college. You ever wonder what attracts these students who really have so many academic pursuits and are spending so much time? I can only imagine. Uh, you know, it, not only in academics, but in extracurricular activities as well, uh, why they decide to get involved in the Jewish aspect of campus life? Uh, or, or should I not be so shocked that they make that decision to do so? I mean, I think, you know, Jew, Jewish, your Judaism is part of your history. So in some way, uh, especially at Brandeis particularly, I mean, Brandeis is a very Jewish campus. So in some way, students try to get involved, um, whether it's Chabad or, or Hillel or the other, you know, organizations. But what attracts the students, Orthodox students, to us, you know, is, is really a lot of it is personality or interest. Um, so it, it really sometimes you you meet a student and you just mesh right away and and you you know can teach them and learn with them. And other times it takes a little bit more time. But I mean, in my opinion, it's it's uh, you know it's it's kind of ingrained in them, especially after students go to seminary. Or yeshiva, they really want to stay connected. So it's a great, it's a great way to, to stay connected. Yeah, no question. Yeah, I, I, yeah. I would just add uh, something that I think sometimes people misunderstand about the campus is the the students we're dealing with are are I mean not all of them. We we deal with a very diverse group of kids, um, but the bulk of the students we're dealing with are K through 12, uh, day school yeshiva whatever. Um, many of them spent a year in Israel. So for them, we're the like next step in their Jewish life journey. They, yeah. the, this is their synagogue for four years. This is their, their day school, their yeshiva for four years. 
Uh, and the, uh, what the void JLIC filled was the continuum from, you know, they say in, in Jewish communal worlds, from the womb to tomb. Uh, but there's something there, there's, you know, whether it's preschool or growing up day school, yeshiva high school, and then you, you move on to being a member of shul or being a member of, uh, you know, sisterhood or the community, community center, whatever it is, JLIC came in and filled in that void, that four-year gap for, yeah. for Orthodox students. In other words, I am showing my age because uh, when I was uh, <laughs> when, when I was watching my colleagues go to college, if somebody would go to Yale, it would be so few and far between. And, uh, you know, they, they were really isolated and had to struggle in order to maintain their Jewish identity, even if they were K through 12, you know, for the first 12-plus uh, years of their lives. Now... Uh, you're getting into a situation where, the, number one, these colleagues, these these students have their own uh, friends and associates who are going through the same type of thing, and it's not so unusual. They, there are many precedents. It's not so unusual for someone to be going through this. So it's not more. It's not really key of work in a lot of cases, although I'm sure you have some of that. It's not really key of work. It, it's there to be a uh, a pillar of support for those who need it, and and they know coming in that you're going to be there to help them if necessary. That's right. Their unofficial mantra is that we are where the students are. Right. Well, there's no question it's a lot different these days, and uh, now I understand better and better the importance of having the couples there on campus. All right, David and Ariel Pardo are with us, OUJLIC, Jewish Learning Initiative on campus at Brandeis University. We've learned a lot about the JLIC couples over the years and the great work that they do. Uh, typically, and this is not a uh, not asking, not not prying into your lies, but, I mean, do people do this for a while? Are there are there are there campus couples that are, you know, doing this for ten years or so? Yes, I mean, our uh, the campus couple at UCLA is still there. Is this their eleventh year? I I don't know if it's eleventh or twelfth. It's sort of right. like you know, is this the twenty first century or the twentieth? Anyway, two thousand, yeah. Absolutely. I mean, some some couples do. There's a lot of factors that go uh, into staying, particularly if you live in a community. You know, if you go to New York, if you're a couple, sorry, at a New York school, it's much easier to to stay there for longer. Your kids can go to D school versus, you know, a school in Wisconsin or in the Boonies. Very theoretically. (laughs) It's hard, you know, once your kids are older to be able to send them to, to day school and to really maintain a Jewish lifestyle. So. Do you guys have a network of JLIC couples that you're in touch with? I don't just mean, you know, that you happen to know their address and phone number and can email them if you want, but is there an active effort to combine all your efforts and really get ideas about what to do on campuses? Oh, yeah. We have we have spectacular conferences twice a year, summer and winter, um, where the, uh, you know, the, the national staff is just so such experts at, at uh, coordinating them and putting them together. They bring all of us in. Um, so we are up to date on on who's on what campus and um, share best practices and um, you know what works and what doesn't work. So we we definitely have a, a very strong network. And and if campuses traditionally I don't know have school twenty six to thirty weeks out of a typical year I don't know the exact statistic. What's life like when things are not as exciting when things are emptier on the campus or in a place like yours? Is there really still a lot of activity? Maybe not as much as during the height of the season, but there's still plenty of activity even during the down times of the year. Yeah, well, we have a great vacation package. I'll say that much. We <laughs> definitely beats uh, what uh, any any company can offer. Uh, um, some 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 people stick around. Some people, uh, you know, there's uh, there there are sessions uh, between being a semester between the semesters. But uh, a lot of us have the opportunity to. Either uh, you know pursue degrees or go to camp or take a summer job. It really depends on the couple and their proclivities. And unlike Jewish-centric campuses, and we have a couple of those in the New York area, uh, it, it must be a challenge when you're. I mean, you know, your students, I assume, are required or have scheduled classes for Sukkot, maybe even some for Shavuos, maybe even Pesach. Although I assume that's spring break. I mean, some of those days I assume become big challenges for everybody on campus. Absolutely. We get a lot of questions uh, all the time about attending class, you know, <laughs> so what, what can and can't be done. Um, the good thing, actually, about Brandeis is that um, we we basically live in Israel here, where we keep one day of, <laughs> you know, until the campus officially gives off. 
um, of the first day of Yom Tov, um, and, and Passover, exactly, it does overlap with spring break. So it's not as much of a challenge here on this campus. Um, although when we went to CLA, it was a huge, it was a huge issue, and you know each individual student kind of made a decision whether to go to class and or not. And and you know thank God the JLIC couple was very helpful in um, you know providing support. Um, the truth is providing support no matter what you chose. You know um, personally, you know David and I didn't go to class. Some some did, but you know they were always supportive. Very interesting. Wow. Well, no question, you've chosen a, a very, very interesting career path, that's for sure. OUJLIAC at Brandeis University is led by David and Ariel Pardo. I thank both of you, wish you the best of luck, and you should know a lot of people, especially as they hear you during programs like this, uh, really uh, extend their their blessings to people like you. You're doing amazing work out there, and uh, and a big yeshikach. Thank you so much. Thank you. It's such a pleasure to be on this program, and uh, we both feel it's a pleasure to be on this campus. Yeah, it, it sounds like you're enjoying it, and the students are benefiting from it. Thank you both for joining us today. Thank you. Rabbi David and Ariel Pardo, there they are on the Brandeis University campus, O-U-J-L-I-C, and I thank them for their time. We have uh, other couples to meet today, other people, I should say, to meet today. Rabbi Ari and Shira Newman, O-U-J-L-I-C, the Jewish Learning Initiative on campus at the University of Maryland. Oh, I guess they're Terps. Rabbi Ari and Shira Newman, welcome to the Nahum Siegel Network. Thank you so much. Thank you. Nice to speak with you. Uh, we get an opportunity each week to speak with uh, people that the OU recommends during the OU Jewish Reaction Show Tuesdays at 9 a.m. Eastern Time after JM and the AM. We just had a nice talk with the Pardos, who you may know from Brandeis University. Now we go down to the University of Maryland. What is it about your college that has attracted such a large Jewish population in the last, oh, I don't know, 10, 15, 20 years. Is there a way to explain it? I mean, I personally think that it's really Jews. Jews bring Jews. Not sure when the critical mass happened. It was before our time. But as soon as they kind of hit that plateau, that peak, they've kind of just brought more and more friends. People tell each other word of mouth. I think word gets out. It's a good place to go. So it's just one of those things, so to speak. It's not like they had a special attraction toward the Jewish community. They 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 found a whole bunch of Jewish students coming, and they just spread the word. Yeah, I don't think it was anything unique. It was the fact that enough Jewish students were there, and all the resources were there. The Rosenblum Hill Center at Maryland has kosher dining, a full kosher dining meal plan. There was an A-Rose that the students made sure to put up. There were the resources there that the students needed, and therefore word got out, like, hey, it's easy to be Jewish at Maryland. I mean, obviously our Hill director has done, like, an incredible job building the programming, building the different opportunities for students, whether it's alternative breaks or um, um, TEDx fellowships, different things that people have gotten involved with that they've loved and kind of been able to tell their story to their friends and peers, but to some extent, I think once you hit that critical mass, I think that's the most important factor to maintaining a huge Jewish population. Is there an, should I assume that this is the largest, and you could tell me if it's percentage-wise or raw numbers, the largest Jewish population there ever? I think you can say uh, of a non-commuter campus, this is the largest Orthodox undergraduate population on a college campus. If you go to Queens, you know, our colleagues at Queens like to say there are a thousand Orthodox students there, but it's not a commuter campus. There's a different feel. Um, I'm sorry, it is a commuter campus. There's a different feel on the non-commuter campuses where the students are living there 24/7. It's not like they're leaving for Shabbos. This is their home. This is their community. And are there 500? Yeah, close. Very close. There are 500 Orthodox students. Um, there's also the, the number that that, that we. Uh, Based off of our research, it's very hard to pin down, but there's around 5,800 Jews on campus, but there are 500 Orthodox students. Rabbi Ari and Shira Newman, University of Maryland. Are you Terps? Absolutely. You both you both went there? Oh, <laughs> no, <laughs> we did. We both went we went to YU and Stern, respectively, but we are honorary Terps. Oh, so you're Max and you're honorary Terps. I get it. Yeah, exactly. And um, how long are you there? How long are the Newmans down as JLIC folks in the University of Maryland? Um, so this is our third year here. Oh wow! And uh, yeah, we love it. I mean, when I when you ask me if I'm a chirp, I I, I associate that with uh, the basketball team because yeah. I, I don't I'm not gory with our football team just yet, but our basketball <laughs> team is quite is quite good. So uh, yeah, well, I just assume anybody who's a student there, you know, considers themselves that nickname. That's all. <laughs> yeah. 
I meet people constantly who are uh, from our community, a lot of like you alluded to, you know, and there are a lot from New York and New Jersey, right? I mean, we talk about Maryland and other areas of the country. There are a lot of New York, New Jerseyans who are down there in the Orthodox community of the University of Maryland. Absolutely. Yeah, for sure. Uh, and, and, and what do you, um, how do you not evaluate success? You know, it's interesting. We were talking about Brandeis University earlier in the program, so the point was made that, you know, a lot of these students are K through 12 yeshiva students. They go to Israel. They come back. Your job is more to be there. You know, they're, they're solid rock, so to speak, when it comes to maintaining their Orthodox Judaism. I would assume, and not to harp on the negative, but I would assume you've seen really both reactions out there. You've seen students excel and really become outstanding members of the Orthodox community. I would assume you've seen the opposite as well. Is that, a, is that common? Is that difficult? Is the college campus, even with all the JLICs and all the Hillels out there, still such a difficult place for students to navigate? So it's an interesting question. When I came in, coming from YU, I had this very, very dark image of a secular college campus. The truth is, is that most students who are coming here already have, I think, their their path more or less set. The students who are coming here that thought Judaism was not for them, but always found themselves in an environment where they weren't comfortable to kind of uh, break out, I think they find a place to break out. And we have seen people do poorly on college campuses. And students who come in with a certain uh, strength and a certain inner vigor and inner purpose, they do exceedingly well on campus. For us, I think that our main goal, job, and what we define as success is creating and maintaining relationships with all of these students. Um, The reality is is that um, students need support regardless of what direction they're going in, and hopefully being that person that helps them through the hard times um, they're ups, they're downs, um, and when it's just a regular Tuesday afternoon, that that will help them to see Judaism as a part of their life that's uh, kind of a, brings back that warm and fuzzy thing. Um, and then they can in, interact in the more intellectual aspects in the shiurim and the different opportunities that exist. But for us, our measure of success begins and ends with the relationships we create. Yeah, and, and just to follow up on that, even to that extent, sometimes you can't see the success in the moment while, you know, during the four years that the students are on campus. Sometimes it's just being that role model for them of a young family, uh, you know, living an orthodox lifestyle who's normal and relatable and has an education and can interact with all facets of life. That comes back to them a couple of years later when they're looking to get married or where they're looking to start a family and they're considering jobs, just being that example for them of, of more or less normative uh, Orthodox Judaism, um, it's something that sometimes we can't even see. But that's what we hope to do every single day. I understand that. Total population in Maryland is what, 20,000 students, a lot more, a lot less? 26. 26,000. Again, and I don't mean to harp on this point, but I think it's such an important thing for people to realize, 500 Orthodox students are around there. Out of a student population of 26,000, the challenges must be immense. The 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 uh, crowds that are enticing for students to you know hang out with must be uh, you know difficult sometimes to navigate and on top of that I I don't know what the total Jewish population is and how the you know how sympathetic people are toward Israel but we know what the BDS movement is ha- is doing now on campuses is that an issue that you have to deal with do you have to get involved in no. in campus oh. in in guiding uh, in guiding students through campus political life at all. So we'll be honest, of all the JLIC campuses, ours is one of the more Israel-tolerant and Israel-friendly. The president at the University of Maryland is actually quite um, multi-conservative. He's a a big friend to Israel. Um, So when it comes to uh, hatred of Israel or anti-Semitism, we don't get that much on our campus. That's not to say that there aren't um, Muslim student groups or anti-Israel student groups. There are. Um, when they cause trouble, which is not very often, sometimes it will be at our events where we bring in controversial um, Israeli speakers or when we're having, let's say, Israel Fest on the mall, like the, the main the main uh, outdoor area of campus where we celebrate Yom HaTzmaut. Sometimes there are people who are slight, you know, doing slight protests or who like right on the chalk on the sidewalk, oh, Israel apartheid. Um, so we deal with those calmly. Sometimes we just ignore them and then it's quiet. Um, but we're actually quite blessed that on our campus it's not so bad. Now, when it comes to students dealing with political things regarding Israel, um, sometimes in classes professors will say things that are hurtful or that they disagree with. Um, Sometimes they'll come to us or some of our Hillel uh, colleagues to discuss how to appropriately um, combat that 
you know, to not allow professors to say blanket statements in classes that are either untrue or unfounded. Um, but overall, we're pretty lucky that our campus is, is somewhat calm on the Israel matter. Rabbi Ari and Shira Newman, OUJLIC, University of Maryland, Jewish Learning Initiative on campus, much heralded program. We've spoken about it many times. How far are you from, uh, what's, what town are you in in Maryland? So officially, the, the college is in College Park. We live in Hyattsville, which is right outside of College Park. We're a 12-minute walk to Hillel. And Silver Spring is around 20 minutes. D.C. is around 25 minutes. And Baltimore is around 45 minutes. Oh, so you're much closer to Silver Spring than you are to the Jewish community of Baltimore. Yeah. It's actually a, one of my favorite misconceptions is that um, Maryland is actually not the capital of Baltimore. It's the other way around. But um, not actually. But it's just it's, from the Jewish perspective, Everything in Maryland is Baltimore. Right. Um, and it's kind of funny to try and correct that misconception. So that would be the closest major Jewish community would be Silver Spring? Yeah. Yes. We got, like, our kosher meat there. Our toddler goes to Jewish preschool there. A lot of our students are from there. Very interesting, I'll tell you. How long can you do this? How long could you be on a college campus leading all these Jewish students? It's a great question. I just looked to... Uh, our role models in UCLA, the Kaplans, they've been doing this for 10 years, 11 Over. years, 12 years. Over. I don't know. Um, so apparently you could do it for a long time, but we'll see how long we do it for. The average stay is between three and six years on a, on a campus. Yeah, I understand that. Rabbi Ari and Shira Newman, University of Maryland, I asked this to our prior couple at Brandeis. Do you get an opportunity to interact with those who are doing this around the country and, uh, you know, beyond just emailing them and and phoning them to actually, uh, you know, get ideas from them and see what might work on your campus the way it has on theirs. And have you discovered stuff that has worked on other campuses that would never work on yours? Yes. Um, I actually heard an idea our first year. Um, the couple at Cornell, the Silvers, had done a program in their home every every Sunday, I believe. They called it Super Sundays, where they would bake a homemade, they would make a homemade soup and have students come over and uh, they'd have a shear in their home with homemade soup, right? Food often brings college students out. Right. Um, I attempted to do something similar, not quite exactly the same, uh, something like a daytime shear. It didn't work for us. I know on other campuses, like, for example, at UCLA, they also do lunch and learns regularly. On our campus, lunch and learns would not work because students have very, you know, they all have different schedules. Lunchtime is usually a nice little social break for them in the middle of the day. They don't want to come to a shear. We do most of our, our regular shear programming at night, uh, ironically, whereas on other campuses, daytime is, is great for them. So it really depends on, on the makeup of the students and the, the social needs of the students that we, we have to learn and, and go with their ebb and flow. It's been a, will, there's always, yeah. there's, you can always adapt programs, meaning there's always mm-hmm. – concepts or ideas that can be adapted to each each and every campus from each other. Yeah, that's for sure. You have to tweak it one way or the other, and then it starts to work where you are. Exactly. Rabbi Ari and Shira Newman, I look forward to visiting you when I come to the University of Maryland. The more I, the more I meet the JLIC people through this forum, the more I'm anxious to come and see what they're doing at all these different places. Sounds we like would love awesome. to have you. You're welcome to come either for a weekday or for a Shabbos. We'd love to show you around. Well, it sounds like an amazing uh, job you're doing. Thank you so much for joining us. Continued success with the Jewish Learning Initiative on campus down at the University of Maryland. Thank, thank, you. thank you. Rabbi Ari and Shira Newman, as we continue with the OU Jewish Reaction Show, plenty more coming up. We'll have a chance to meet Sharona Kaplan at the OUJLIC at UCLA. Before we close out this uh, edition of the OU Jewish Reaction Show, you are listening to the Nachum Siegel Network.
He's pretty amazing, as we know. Well, we've been speaking during this hour about the uh, OU uh, JLIC, OU Jewish Learning Initiative on campus. I thank both the Pardos, who are uh, joining us from Brandeis, and the Newmans from the University of Maryland. The Kaplans seem to be the legendary figures in this area of JLIC, and Sharona Kaplan is speaking with us from the OU JLIC at the uh, UCLA, uh, University of California, Los Angeles, I assume. And uh, they've been there for quite a while. Sharona Kaplan, welcome to the Nahum Siegel Network. Thanks so much for having me. How long has it been for you out there? We're now in our 12th year at UCLA. Well, to say you're the veterans at this is an understatement, right? <laughs> <laughs> We've spoken to people today with campuses that are, uh, I don't remember the exact figures, I think somewhere around 20,000. Uh, I don't know why, maybe it's because of the way I grew up, I think UCLA would be really mammoth. What is the total student population at UCLA? About 40,000 students. There are 40,000, wow. And, mm-hmm. and can you give us the Jewish statistics on that? We estimate about 10% are Jewish, 4,000 Jews on campus. And is there a way for us to know how many come from observant backgrounds or K-12, through yeshiva, any idea? No, there's not really been a study on that specifically, but, but we do have a nice Orthodox community with people graduating from yeshiva day schools, strong family backgrounds, or we've gone to public school, a wide diversity of students. So you do meet a lot. I mean, there's no question you're meeting a lot constantly, right? Absolutely. What is it about UCLA, by the way? Is it is it is it strictly a West Coast school? Is it attracting students from all around the country? Uh, you know, we know I 
certain students go to certain places. And Jewish population, frankly, has a lot to do with, with many of those decisions. What is it about UCLA that's attractive? Believe it or not, UCLA gets more applicants than any other university in the country for incoming freshmen. It's a really attractive state school in that it's a very superior education. The tuition is relatively favorable. It enables students to stay local. And it's found in the city that students can live at home and commute or opt to live on campus. But the location is also fantastic. Yeah, the weather helps, huh? <laughs> it doesn't hurt. Yeah, it doesn't hurt at all. Where are you from originally? Uh, my husband and I are both from Teaneck, New Jersey. You didn't go to UCLA, did you? I <laughs> did not. Because <laughs> we met students, actually, today who did go to UCLA and are now doing JLIC at different campuses around the country. They were students of ours. Believe it or not, my husband officiated at their wedding. They met while they were on campus at UCLA through OUJLIC, and they had such a great experience and Hakar Satov and interest that they decided to become a couple themselves. Pretty amazing. How do you judge success? Uh, you know, many would say K through 12 yeshiva student goes to a college campus, especially one in California. You, you just pray that they, you know, they they know they're Jewish when they leave college. Now, obviously, that's being a little tongue in cheek. How do you judge success when once these students enter your realm? Well, we actually think that we are interfacing with them at one of the single most exciting junctures in their life. Students in college, undergraduate, and graduate students are making so many of the most defining decisions during the small little slice that they're with us. They're deciding their professional career. They're deciding who to marry. They're deciding where to live. And a lot of our success is predicated on the individual relationships that are founded while they're on campus that then extend and follow them through their life as they navigate all these life transitions and continuously seek our mentorship, our guidance, JLIC support as they move on and get married and start careers and start families. It's funny. I don't know why it took me till this point of the hour to realize it, but you're, you're essentially the family rabbi of a lot of individual students. Absolutely. I mean, you and your In husband. a very real way. I think we probably officiate and attend more weddings than your average synagogue rabbi in some instances because students who are seeking support and are living absent of their family religious infrastructure and are looking for substitute family and substitute mentorship and a rabbi on campus find OUJLIC as their home both personally and spiritually and as a result latching on to somebody at that defining stage creates a really really strong bond that's not easily severed. Sharona Kaplan's with us, O-U-J-L-I-C, at uh, UCLA, out in California. What are Jewish services like out there, uh, the, the different things that student needs? I mean, obviously, you know, food is primary among them, but I'm sure there are other things as well. What can you tell us about the setup for Jewish students out there? Well, our goal is to enable somebody to come to campus and have all of their religious needs met, that even if they are local but don't want to return home the whole academic year, they'd have everything they need while they're on campus. So that's the entire communal infrastructure, ranging from daily minyanim. We have a minyan three times a day, every day, except for Sunday. We have full Shabbos programming every single week. It's almost like a Shabbaton comes to you week after week with minyanim and guest speakers and social opportunities and all the meals are offered on campus. We have a fully stock-based medrash with shiurim and chavrutas going on all the time. Um, everything that somebody might need, from a sukkah and a luah to some pastor hakafos, can all be found right there on campus through the OUJLIC program. None of this existed how long ago? In other words, this big transition that college campuses like yours are really being inundated, and I say that in the nicest way, by big Jewish populations, around when did it happen? I would estimate... Probably 15 years ago was the start. And before that, uh, students would be either seeking out other Jewish organizations that were trying to provide some of these things or going without them. Yeah, and we continuously still meet individual students who weren't yet aware of OUJLIC or come to campus not knowing about the rich community that exists, and they're really navigating the experience feeling like the lonely man of faith, just thinking they're doing it by themselves. They're putting on spilling in some corner of the campus, hoping nobody spots them. And we tell them, come, there's a building, there's a big medrash, there's a minion, there's a whole community of people like you who want to connect with you and support you. Their eyes open wide. A lot of people come knowing and looking for the community, but you still meet individuals who are a throwback to what existed before OUJLIC and are so grateful to appreciate what a tremendous infrastructure has been built to support them through their college experience. I assume you never get a break. Even during downtime on the campus, there's probably still a student population, a Jewish student population that's still hanging out there, right? 
Yeah, it turns out national holidays become our best friends. You know, never appreciated Thanksgiving or Martin Luther King Day <laughs> because that's the only time that the campus really empties. The Jewish holidays, you have some students who are attending class and looking for programming to support them while they're on campus in class. You have some students who actually seek the OUJLAC experience rather than staying at home because it's a more dynamic opportunity for this demographic to come spend Shavuos night or some Kwastor celebrating on campus rather than in their home communities. But the secular holidays are really when the campus empties, and that's probably the biggest break there is throughout the academic year. Are all these students on in-college, uh, on-campus uh, housing? Most of them are not. How does it work? We have a nice mix between commuters who live nearby in the people robertson community or in Beverly Hills or in the Valley and commute to campus daily. And we also have residential students who've opted to take an apartment or live in a dorm or live in a Jewish co-op on campus. We're unique that we have almost a half of our population commuting and half of them living right here on campus. And how close is it to the Pico-Robertson area? It's not far at all. It's only a few miles, but with LA traffic, it can feel a little bit longer. So it takes time at times, huh? <laughs> Uh, Sharona Kaplan's with us, O-U-J-L-I-C at UCLA. A lot of students are, um, you know, right now deciding where to go, what to do. Their parents, I'm sure, are involved in the process to some extent. Um, I don't know. In your in your position, do you encourage it? Do you, uh, you know, highlight the great things about being on a campus like yours? Uh, are you there only if someone does make that decision themselves and then go ahead and, you know, make the best of it, so to speak? What's the attitude of Jewish leadership on the campus when it comes to suggesting UCLA to a Jewish student? Really, we're in a position of simply educating prospective students about their options, honestly, across the country. And my husband and I are both graduates of Yeshiva University, and we had fantastic experiences there. And we will go into high schools and talk to juniors and seniors and let them know how not all campuses are created equal. And while you might be evaluating it based on your extracurricular activities or personal interests or academic interests, a really important consideration that's critical is to learn about the Jewish options that exist, whether it's through OUJLIC or Chabad or other organizations, but to factor that in as key elements in making this really important decision. And we just try to put all the information out there so that they are making informed and responsible choices for a slice of life that is extraordinarily impactful for their future. UCLA has a, uh, a pro-Israel student body, a mixed one, a very challenging one. How would you evaluate it? All of the above. We definitely have a very strong pro-Israel community that proudly represents and advocates for Israel on campus and off campus. And there's a lot of complexity with the other student populations that exist. But thankfully, it's been working out okay. What an honor to speak to you. Uh, how many JLICs are there around the country? Around 20 or so? About 22. About 22. And it seems that you guys are the mentors for all of them. <laughs> Not exactly, but thank you. I appreciate that. Well, that's the reputation, at least. Sharona Kaplan, O-U-J-L-I-C at UCLA. Sharona, best regards to your husband, and thanks so much for joining us all the way from California. I'm sure, I'm sure you have less snow on the ground than we have here. <laughs> <laughs> thanks so much for including us. I'll think of you in Long Beach. <laughs> I appreciate that. Sharona Kaplan, UCLA, J-L-I-C, the Jewish Learning Initiative on campus, of course, brought to you by the OU. Final minutes of our OU Jewish Reaction program coming up. You're listening to the Nahum Siegel Network.
heaven Bumps in every road Life is hot and cold But you're as one and only Now he can't sleep at night What's gonna make you right? You're as one and only Done by Ace Day. Nice selection off of the CD entitled Inner Flame, and the song is Champions. I want to thank all of our special guests. Had a great visit with JLIC couples this morning, courtesy of our friends at the OU. The OU Jewish Reaction Show, Tuesdays, 9 a.m. Eastern Time, right after JM and the AM. Make sure to be tuned into the Nachum Siegel Network at all times. My name is Nachum Siegel. Thanks for tuning in to NachumSiegel.com and the Nachum Siegel Network. <laughs>